Okay, so I've decided to do something risky today. Either you'll like it or you really won't. How many of you ever heard of a restaurant called McDonald's? You know, it is the most well-known restaurant in the world. And they sell so many burgers. How many of you realize they do not sell burgers because they're the best? I mean, they are the, the, the best known. They, they were for many decades the fastest growing. But it's not because they're best. You know what one of the keys to their success is? Predictability. When you drive into a new town and you see McDonald's next to Bob and Tammy's Burgers, you think, well, I could go to Bob and Tammy's Burgers, but I have no idea what I'll get. It might be great, and it might be terrible, but if I go to McDonald's, I know exactly I'm going to get mediocre. (laughs) And so, human nature, we just go with it. How many of you are sitting in the same side you were last week? Yeah. We just like to do things the same. How many of you have kids? How many of you have ever said, I've got something special for you, and before they even taste it, they're like, no way! And they won't eat it. All right, don't do that tonight. All right, we're going to do something a little bit different. How many of you did not get one of these flyers as you came in or after you were being chased down? All right, if you guys could get some of these... um, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk on prayer. We've been opening the the beginning of our year as we do every single year. We've been talking about prayer. I'm going to start with 1 John 5, verse 14. It says this, and it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have the petitions that we desired of him. I think I told him NIV, and then I read it from King James. Oops. But that verse is powerful. It says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears it. And we know if he hears whatever we ask, we know that those petitions, we will have the petitions we asked of him. So how many of you would like to, to pray a biblical prayer that you know is, is God's will? So here's what I've got. On that sheet that I gave you are four verses where Paul wrote out word for word his prayers. They're not the only ones in the Bible like that. There are more. There are so many different. We could, we could be studying it for a long time. But what I want to do tonight, how many of you have heard the saying, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to fish, you feed him for life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to study these scriptures together as if we were doing it ourselves. And my goal is that we're going to learn something, but we're also going to learn a way to learn. Does that make sense? So we're going, to, we're going to have a Bible study tonight. So here's what I want you to do, okay? You're going to break up into groups. A group has a minimum of two. So I don't want anybody just off on your own. Hopefully, you can all find someone to study. And if you're here with a group of six and you just can't possibly leave somebody out, be it a big group. I don't care how big exactly the group is, but it's going to be small enough that you're going to talk it over. 
okay? So we're going to break up into groups. Can you do that? Find a group. Go. I'll give some more instructions before you get too far. But here's what we're going to do. I want you to find that group and then together we're going to go through this first verse, Ephesians 1.17, and I'm going to go through it the way that, that I want to teach you to, to find here. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19 says this. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and, in, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. So, it's interesting. How many of you ever prayed for someone to receive something? Ever, anybody ever prayed for stuff? Okay, I, it's good. There are biblical prayers about stuff. But what's interesting to me, and we're going to see a pattern as we look at all of these Pauline prayers, is that he didn't just ask for stuff. When he prayed, he kept asking that they would know things. Know things. I don't know about you, but personally, without paying attention to these scriptures and without doing it intentionally, I don't typically pray to know. I kind of jump straight to stuff. But we're going to look in these verses and we're going to see how Paul talked about knowing. If you look in the scripture there, you're gonna notice there's some underlined words. I kinda tried to make it easy by underlining some of the words that refer to knowing. And I did miss one in that first verse because I would say wisdom, a spirit of wisdom, is also a knowing. But look, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at this verse and we're gonna try to find what is it that Paul prayed they would know. See, it's interesting to me that Paul, he basically says, I'm praying that you will realize, not I'm praying that you get stuff. He's like, I'm praying that you will realize what you already have. Paul says he wants to, he wants you to know the hope which has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Riches, inheritance, that stuff. But you know what? Paul doesn't say, I pray that you get the stuff. He's like, I pray that you know how much riches and inheritance you've already got. That you would come to a realization of what you already have. Do you see that there? So on the back of your sheet... There are two things. There's so that's and know that's. I'm talking right now about the know that's. As we go through that verse with your group, we're going to look for the things Paul prays that you would know, that you would know that, that you would understand the things that have to do with either understanding or knowledge. 
We're gonna look for the things he prayed that we could know. The second thing that we're going to look for, the trigger words I put in bold. And that is, so that. It's interesting, how many of you ever had someone come up to you and say, would you please pray for me, I'm having a hard time at work. Or would you please pray for me, I'm feeling sick. Or would you please pray for my cousin, she just lost her job. How many ever had something like that happen before? And so what do you do? You, you turn around and say, okay, let's pray. We're going to pray. Lord, I lift up her cousin who just got let go from work. I pray that she would find new employment. Amen. Right? Paul would pray for something and then he would specify so that. So I want to teach you to, to do what Paul did. And this is a way to like step up our prayers. So imagine that someone comes and says, I'd like for you to pray for my cousin who just lost her job. So we look here, it says, Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And then he goes on in verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. He, he's praying that you would know your calling. That you would, he, he doesn't just want you to have something. He doesn't want you to just know something. He, he says, I want that to happen in your life so that something else can take place, so that you can know God. So now let's go back. Let's imagine that we're asked to pray for the cousin who lost the job. And we say, God, I lift up that cousin that you would bless her with a new job so that she may know you better, so that she may know your call on her life. How many of you realize that's like another level? It's like I get to pray, but I'm also praying God's will on their life. I'm praying a so that prayer. So that prayer. So here's what I want to do for just a minute. On Ephesians 1.17, in your group, look in there. We're looking for know that's and so that's. All right? You're looking for anything, and I've gone over some of it, and you write it down, and you'll find sometimes they repeat themselves. But take a minute, look for any so that or know that from there, and some of it's just writing down what I just got done saying. Go. If you need an ink pen, we do have a couple of ink pens and someone's around. Stick your hand up if you need an ink pen. Hey, Otis, you still got the pens? Oh, you already handed them all out. Well, if you see someone with it, oh, wait, we've got, is that an ink pen box? All right. Tim is on it. All right, just another minute or so, and then I'm going to call out and ask you guys to tell me some of the so that's and know that's. Okay. So, can I get a volunteer from one of the groups? Tell me a know that from Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. What did your group come up with? Say that. Raise your hand. What? Hope. 
No hope. Okay, we've got hope. Anybody else? I see your that hand right there. Love, that you would know love, okay? Riches. Riches. Know the riches, okay? Strength. To know strength, all right? To know him, to know him, to know his great power, to know the inheritance that you have. Do you realize how powerful it is to know the inheritance that we have in him? Paul is, that's a biggie. That's a really biggie. Good one. Another one? All right, now, how about a so that? He prayed so that something. Where's it? Who, who will give me a so that? That Christ may dwell in your heart. That's good. That the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That was a good one. So that we can grow? All right. That's true. Okay. Do you kind of get what we're going at here? All right. We're going to move on to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. All right. Back to your groups. Get out. Write a list. What did he say to know? What are the know that's? And also, what are the so that's that are in that scripture? I tried to make it a little obvious with the underlining, but go for it. All right. How many groups want just another minute or so? Or are we ready? Okay, just a few seconds. All right. Somebody give me a so that. So that Christ may dwell in your heart. There it is. Word for word. Right here? That you'd be rooted and established in love. Very good. Another one? Strengthened with power. Okay. Anybody else? Right there? Unity, yeah. Some of the ones I had was to grasp how high, is that the one we're on? Yep, how high and how deep is the love? Of, of, wow, how, how intense is that? Now let's go back to applying that. Somebody comes up and says, hey, could you pray for me? I need prayer for my marriage. So, we say, God, I ask that you would be on so-and-so, that you would touch their family, that you would soften their hearts, that you would bring back the love and, and forgiveness into that marriage so that they can know 
the height, the width, and the depth of your love. Gives me just goosebumps thinking about praying a God's will over somebody's life. When someone says, I need, I need help with prayer for work. I need prayer for, for my family. I need prayer for my kid. And we say, God, I pray for them so that they may know you better, so that they may understand how deep, how wide, how tall, how profound, how great is your love, so that they may be, another one there was, be filled with your measure of fullness. Now, what was one of the know that's in there? Anybody get a know that? Know that we are holy or set apart? Anything else? To know his love. Yeah. He says, he says, I'm one of my top prayers for you before stuff is that you just realize how loved you are. That's big. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I want you to know the love that's beyond knowing. Right? Yeah. yeah. He says, I want you to understand. I want you to, to know a love that is beyond natural knowing, knowability. Right? That's what Paul is saying. He says, I pray that you will have such a profound knowledge of the love of God that like you said, it's gonna be hard to even explain. But I'm just gonna know that I am deeply and profoundly loved. Philippians chapter one, verse nine through 11. I'm gonna read it and then you guys go for it. It says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Go for it. All right. So... Somebody raise your hand who will give me one of the things Paul encourages or prays that we would know, something to do with knowledge. What is best? He wants us to know what is best. And you wanna know something interesting? Have any of you noticed that some of this stuff repeats? <laughs> if it repeats, it's not like, oh no, that repeats. It's like, whoa, that must be significant. If, if Paul, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, is praying the same thing again, if it's repeating, then we should be like, you know, bold, highlight, circle, 
As, as Rick Renner would say, put a square around that one. Like, it's a big deal. If he says the same thing over again, he's, he, then it's, it's important. This is something that we should be praying over our kids, over ourselves, over our spouses. When we realize, wow, God, I, I pray that they would know you and that they would know your love. And as he said, that they would know what is best. I, we've got two brand new teenagers in our family. We had twins and their birthday was New Year's Eve. So now we have three teenagers in the house, not just one. I pray that they would know what's best. Right? How many of you guys have teenagers? How many know it's not just teenagers who can benefit from that prayer? <laughs> All of us need to know what is best. That is a biblical, godly, righteous prayer. Let's jump back to the first verse that we read when we opened today, 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have the petition that we desired of him. Does that make it a little more exciting? When you think, wait a minute, if I am asking according to God's will, and I'm seeing that this is God's will, not just once, but twice or three times in Scripture. Paul, who was praying by the, the unction of the Holy Spirit, kept praying this, then I'm on the right track. And when I pray, he hears. And when I hear, when he hears, he will give me what I ask for. Okay, so those were the know that's. What are some so that's from Philippians 1, 9, 9 through 11? What did he pray? So that. Okay, where's that? That you would be able to discern. He prayed so that they would be able to discern right from wrong. Good from bad. Good choice from bad choice. What else? That love may abound more and more. And that's not just between them and God. That's between them and each other, between their neighbors. The Bible says, and by this they will know you are my disciples because you love one another. Okay, what else? that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. How many of you would like to be pure? Hey, I like that one. Biblical prayer. Pray that. Again, I don't want you to just hear these things. I want you to imagine yourself praying these things in the next time that you're asked to pray. Because if... If we show you how to do something, if, if God, God's word is, is showing you something and then you don't put it into practice, it doesn't do any good. How many of you ever practiced for some sort of sport? Have you ever, however been, how many of you have ever been coached by anyone? Okay. 
When the coach says, you know, you got to do this and do that. If he's telling you how to golf and he says where to put your feet and how to hold your hands. And if he's telling you how to shoot a bow and arrow, he says where to, where to put the string and, and what to do. If you just listen and be like, no, that's good. But he knows what he's talking about. And then you don't do it. What benefit was it? That's why I want, I want us, as we're writing these down and we think this, we write a so that, then I want us to imagine us praying. When someone comes and says, will you pray with me for my children? You'll say, yes. What needs do they have in your life? Well, you know, they're at a new school and, and they just went off to college and whatever. Okay, Lord, dear Heavenly Father, we just pray that you'd give them favor at their school, that you'd help them to make good friends, that they would meet people who are godly and that, that you would bless their, their going in and their going out so that they would know you better, that they would abound in your love, that they would know right from wrong that they would be able to discern these things. And as we're praying those prayers, we know he hears because we know we're praying according to his will. We want to become so that prayers. Any, anybody else? Anything else for, for that one? Filled with righteousness, filled with the fruit of righteousness. We got it in stereo. Who? Yeah. I like the very last phrase. To the glory and praise of God. That's what sometimes it's just God, I pray that this would happen, that your name would be glorified. Lord, I pray for those kids at that school that, that they would be a light, that they would walk rightly and righteously so that your name will be glorified. So that people will praise you. Lord, I pray for their healing so that your name will be glorified and people would praise you. I pray for blessing on their life so that your name would be glorified and people would praise you. So many different applications we can pray for so that it brings him glory. All right. Last group, Colossians 1, 9 through 12. I'll read it and then you can go. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. All right. Just a fair warning. I'm going to try to call on someone from the way back this time.
Anybody want more time? All right. Think we're good. Okay, so Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 12. Someone from behind this first section, give me a so that. And you're going to have to shout loud. Oh, you're in the front. You can't talk. We've got to get these back people to talk. I saw, I saw a guy with his hand up. Is that Chris? That you may please him in every way. And then, Carrie, what did you say? Live a life worthy of the Lord. Anybody else back there? Bearing fruit. I heard something knowledge. Awesome. All right, now some people in the front can get back in it. All right. The back was they were engaged. Another so that anybody? Having great endurance. Is that Tia? No. Well, go ahead. You see inheritance word again. Like, how many of you guys were noticing there's a lot of repeat in here? Like, Paul had some themes that he really wanted us to understand. He's like, I want you to know about the inheritance that you have. You are sons and daughters of God. And that means you get an inheritance. Also, the, uh, you know, being strengthened with all power is a, is a common theme, too. Power. Power is also a common theme. Yeah. Yeah, let's go there. What are some... Mo- so, so, well, I'd want to finish up on this one, and then we'll try to find some where we say, hey, I saw this more than one place. Go ahead. Give, yep, to give joyfully, joyful generosity. I like that one, giving thanks to the Father. Anything else from this verse? He says, he says he likes to think about the difference between the way that the world would define power and the way that God is defining power. That's a, that's a good thought. Anything else? He said, yeah, she says, he describes continual prayer. Like, I am always asking God, God, let them know. Fill them with the knowledge of you and, and, and your, all that you have given them. When, it, when, when they say inheritance, inheritance covers everything we got from him. So that's like a lot. It's like a really powerful thing. So, like we were just starting to do, what are some of the themes that kept popping up? We looked at all of the verses individually. What kept popping up? We said power, knowledge, knowledge. knowledge. He wants us to know wisdom, wisdom and revelation. Fruit of the Spirit? Through the Spirit, that things come through the Spirit, that it's not just anything, but it's, it's knowledge that comes through the Spirit. Holiness, Holiness is repeated. 
Fruit. Discernment, different. Yep, to, to comprehend or to grasp and also to discern. Strength. Power. Anything else? Thanksgiving. Love. Love pops up a number of times. Riches. Riches pops up. Praying. Imagine that. Grace. Grace pops up. All right, now, I've got a question for you. How many of you enjoyed this? This is kind of fun. Eh. So, my hope is that, that you enjoy it, that you remember it, that you take this home, and that you're like, yeah, now, I knew. I'm going to tell you, it is so easy to cheat at Bible study nowadays with your phone. Like, when I went to Bible school, they were still like, this is a concordance, and this is how you use it, and this is a Strong's number, and this is how you use it. Now, you can be like, I, I want some verses on prayer. Google, Bible verses on prayer. <laughs> Five different sites right at the top with the, you click in, and it's just verses on prayer. If, if you want to study God's Word, and you want to look for, for those types of things, your phone makes it so easy. Nobody has an excuse anymore. It's not like, well, the, the concordance was too big. My concordance is too big to fit on my bookshelf. I have to sit it sideways. And, and honestly, I don't pull it out much anymore because I just use my phone. I, I, I'll even be like sitting there, I cheat this bad. I don't even type it into the computer. I pull it up on my, beep, I can talk to my phone. And be like, search this. And it pulls up. There are so many ways you can find scripture and then bring it together and find those themes that are there. My encouragement is look at, pray prayers so that, so that. And I want to close with a few more verses from scripture that, that are so that verses. Matthew 19, 16. And behold, someone came to him and said, teacher, what must I do so that I may have eternal life? That is such a huge thing. We need to understand what we do to, to inherit eternal life. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, you will be saved. We should, when we pray, one of the so that's, so that they or others may come to know you, to, to experience salvation in you. That should be one of our top prayers. Matthew 26, 41 says, stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark 14, 38 is pretty much the same verse that they're talking about when Jesus said that. It's Mark writing about it. In Luke 21, 36, it says, but you should be alert at all times, offering earnest prayers so that 
you will be strong enough to escape all those things that will happen and appear in front of the Son of Man on that day. In other words, one of the things that we can pray for is strength to fight temptation. Anybody else like that one? Stick that in the ammo belt? Like, okay, I can pray so that I will be strong and, and resist temptation. Mark eleven twenty five says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your sins. That is a big so that. That is a biggie. We forgive. When we, when we pray, we forgive. And notice, he says, when you stand praying, it's not like, you know, this should be your life. It's like the, the implication is you start a prayer. Before you finish, you need to forgive. Some of us are like, well, I thought it was going to take me a lifetime or years and years. No, it might take a long time for that to become second nature. But you decide, I am no longer holding that against them. I'm forgiving. And that twinge will come up, that, that thought, that tendency. I like what, uh, it's Corey Tenboom. And if you don't know who she was, she's, she was a Holocaust survivor who, who uh, published her diaries. And she went through terrible, terrible experiences and was put into the, the concentration camps and witnessed as her siblings were uh, killed, as well as raped and mistreated and all. It was just terrible. So she had plenty to be bitter about. And she forgave even the guards who had done those terrible things to her and to her family and, and who had caused the death of her sister. And someone asked her about, about forgiveness. They says, how does, how does that work? And she said, this was her description, she said, forgiveness is like a church bell, one of those big church bells, that when you pull on it, it almost doesn't want to move because that thing weighs like 500 pounds. So they would literally get their whole weight into it, and then they'd get it pulling, and then it would be like, dong, dong, dong. And then they could keep it going with just one hand. It says, if you let go, it keeps swinging. And forgiveness is letting go of the rope. They said the momentum might still be there, but as long as you don't pull again, then it loses momentum until it's gone. And that's, that was her experience with forgiveness. She said, I decided to stop pulling on the rope. And of course, the emotions were there from what had happened, but each time she said, I'm not going to grab on and, and, and increase that momentum. I'm not going to keep that momentum going. I'm going to let go. I was... Every time I think of forgiveness, I think of that illustration. I really like it. So, uh, Mark 11.25. Luke 1, um, 74 says, He granted us deliverance from our enemies' grips so that we could serve him without fear. So that, no fear. John chapter 3, verse 14 through 16, 
Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 16, 24 says, Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now, ask and keep on asking, and you will receive so that your joy may be full and complete. So that joy. How many of you want that one? Pray, so that joy. John chapter 16, 33 Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. That's a good one. John 20 verse 31 says, but these are written so that you may believe in Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. I want to say, if you're here today, and you know that your sin is forgiven, that if you were to die today, you'd spend eternity with him, I want you to raise your hand. All right. If you are looking at these people going, how do they know? How do they know? I thought I'd have to die and find out. Like if my good works outweighed my bad works or, or if I make it or not. The Bible says, know that you have salvation. It doesn't say wonder. It says no. And I've already said the verse, but I'm going to repeat it. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? What that means is you'll be saved from the sin that separates you from God. See, eternal life means eternity not separated from God. Spiritual death isn't the ceasing to exist of a spirit. See, physical death is the separation of my spirit from my body. But my spirit didn't cease to exist. Spiritual death is the separation of my spirit from God. But my spirit doesn't cease to exist. See, we are saved from the one and only thing that will separate us from God, and that is sin. Jesus came. He died on the cross because only he lived a perfect life. Only he could pay that debt without owing it himself. If anybody else had died on the cross for us, they would have been dying for themselves. Do you follow? Because they would have deserved the death. Then they couldn't do it for you. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died. He was sacrificed for you so that the sin and the debt you owed for that sin could be paid. And as the Bible describes it, you could know that you have eternal life. That when you die, you will spend eternity with him. 
If you want that certainty, if you want to know today, please, everybody in here, close your eyes. I don't want you looking around. If you're here and you want to know that your sin is forgiven, we're going to do exactly what that verse says. We're going to pray, we're going to confess, and we're going to believe. And you will leave this place knowing that you have eternal life. That when you die, you will spend eternity with God. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand. You're saying, I want forgiveness for my sin. One. You're saying, I believe Jesus paid for my sin. Two. And you're saying, I'm willing to do it today. Three. Raise your hand. Is there anybody here? I see one hand. Anybody else? All right. Let's all repeat this together. Say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus who died on the cross even though he didn't deserve it. But he did it because I deserved it. I accept that payment of debt And I believe that he rose from the dead. I make you, God, the Lord of my life. I won't live for myself anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. All right. Hey, how was that? Was it worth it? Was it okay? Was it? Little, it was a little bit weird, a little bit different, but I hope it was helpful. And uh, to you who raised your hand, um, I would love it if you came down here up front. I've got a gift I'd like to give you, like to make sure um, that you get that. And uh, everyone else, have a great week. Enjoy the cold.